The SA Betfair Edge with Claire Lindop and Miles Fitzner. Good morning, racing fans and punters. My name is Miles Fitzner, and welcome to Adelaide's newest racing show, the SA Betfair Edge. Thanks to our partners at Betfair. Betfair, the home of lay betting gamble responsibly. Call 1800 858 858. Well, we have a brand new show designated to all things racing here in South Australia on Adelaide's newest home of sport, SENSA. Every Friday morning at 9am on SEN Track and Saturday mornings at 7am, this show will air the latest up-to-date racing news, Saturday fields, some track updates and odds and offers from our good partners at Betfair. And we, I say we, will also bring you industry interviews from trainers, jockeys, owners and punters, as well as in-depth insights into form and some all-important tips to get you a winner on the day. Now, I did say we, and I say it for some reason, and I'm excited to introduce my co-host for the SA Betfair Edge here that's going to air on SENSA. The show format's going to rely heavily on the experience, the wisdom and extensive knowledge of one of South Australia's, I would say, sporting greats. Oh, you're grinning already. Now, she was the first female jockey to ride 1,000 winners, about 1,400 in total. The first Australian female to ride in a Melbourne Cup, of which she rode in three. Four Group 1 winners and over $30 million in prize money, if you don't mind. The co-host and more likely the lifeblood of this show, Claire Lindop. Claire, welcome. Good morning, Miles. What a good welcome. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> yeah. I just wonder about that $30 million in prize money. I want to point that out. The horses earned that much money, not actually me. Oh, well, the listeners, <laughs> they might have been able to work that out. But I anyway. to wonder where, the, where that money ended up. <laughs> it sounds no. good, though, $30 million. <laughs> Hey, It's um, very good. Thank you for that. Nice out of the saddle and into the hot seat, a brand new show. This is, going to be, this is going to be good. We're going to have some fun in here. We're really looking forward to it. Thank you for having me along, um, racing at Morphable Parks on Saturday, but... Uh, just nice to be in the nice studio here on uh, King William Road. Beautiful studio here in Studio Lumo, One King William. And uh, don't forget, you can also download the app and listen crystal clear to SEN. Just download the app and listen crystal clear to SENSA. Hey, Claire, since writing, what have you been up to? Fill a few of the listeners in on, on what's been happening in your life. Yeah, I got lo- elected into local council on Holdfast Bay, which is the Glenelg, Brighton area of South Australia. Beautiful, oh, beautiful spot. Beautiful part. Um, so that's been a fantastic opportunity for me. I'm sort of learning a lot more there about policies and understanding, um, advocating for lots of different things. And it might seem funny from a jockey to transition to something a little bit political, but within my industry, I ended up being forced to be a spokesperson a lot of the time. Um, and I went through change rooms for uh, female jockeys. A lot of safety issues came up. Actually, safety vests were introduced in 1998, was sort of part of that. 1990, geez, that's a long time yeah. ago. We're, we're not going to go into, into, into a, how long ago. A lot of people were surprised when I retired, but I don't think people realise how long I've actually been riding for. I've had a you know nearly a 30-year career in the saddle. so That's a long time. Mm. Long time. Yeah. Well, we're going to dig deep and get into a lot of these sort of things, but you mentioned Morfittville Parks. Racing yes. this uh, racing this Saturday. Now, just for the listeners out there, we do record this show on a Thursday, so we do the best it is to you on Friday and Saturday morning. So we do our best to bring you the most up to date. But just at the moment, as we're working through fresh news show, we're recording on Thursday, so we'll uh, give you as much information as we possibly can. But Morfittville Parks, Claire, it's always been an interesting track for me. Now, they've yes. shifted yes. to Morfittville Parks. Um the one thing that I've always been interested in and wanted to understand is about how it's always played a little bit of a leader's bias. I've always thought that, um, especially from a betting and racing horses perspective, agree with that. that horses struggle to come from behind or make ground. Yeah. The shape of the parks track, um, as it was uh, designed inside of the outer track, um, it was designed sort of after the event. So they had to do what they could with the space they had. 
And as a result, it's become quite a, a tight turning circle track in the centre of the track. They've used, they're to, um, to help horses get around type turns, they put in a very steep camber. So I think what happens, especially as we see this Saturday, the rails back to a true as opposed to being out wider, it does seem to suit horses that tend to naturally want to race forward. So if you can put yourself in the forward, um, you know, first three or four round in the home turn, you can kind of kick away and horses that are trying to make ground from behind who may have had to come out two or three horses wide, they start having to peel out around uh, a camber from about the 600 metres and it actually seems to be hard to chase. With with, yeah. with the camber, we'll start with that, Is uh, how much can you see it? If you're standing right on the inside rail, is it that obvious, a camber on the track? I think so. If you ever walk the track out there, you probably are a little bit surprised. Um, the natural swerve, uh, sweeping turn, and the camber probably starts probably from, I'd say, as little as two horses off, it's starting to come out quite steeply. So if you can lead and rail up and really hug the rail on a horse, I used to love, enjoy doing that, getting down low and kicking away and pinching that brake, you can be hard to, to run down. So would uh, some pundits that are out there compare it a little bit to like the valley, how that camber with a sharper corner and how the valley sometimes, especially at night, had that leader's bias where horses, you could almost grab a length or a length and a half and pinch a race if you'd hug the turn and was sitting up I'd on speed. I agree with that, absolutely. I think... Um, when the rail is out, um, it's not actually as obvious um, or doesn't really show up as much and, and perhaps that's why you can come from behind and especially when the rail is, uh, when the ground is soft, you do actually get horses really make ground out wide down the straight. Um, but today, this Saturday, we've got a soft seven. Uh, we ha- haven't got much more rain coming. So I think it probably, again, the surface on the inside drains faster. So it's actually going to be a better track on Saturday, probably looking at a soft six. You were saying to me off air before, and we thought that we'd save these conversations for in here because I just got so interested and got excited. Now, because of that camber, it does drain faster. Therefore, the track is less likely for downgrades as opposed to the Morphville track. track. Agreed, yeah. It, the inside seems to also be a little bit more compacted. Um, obviously, it's a newer track than the outer, outer track, as in more recently done. So the drainage there is a bit more firm, and so it does dry out a lot faster. In regards to horses racing, with the Morfittville Parks track, is it similar to uh, to the other track? Where would you likely to draw, or does it still depend on the distance? Are there different shoots where you've got to do yeah. extra work? I think the starting points are probably significant with that, um, particularly the 1950 is not a great start for a rider on the inside track. Um, the starts on Saturday, you, you said to me particularly, I wondered why, the race six is the 2,250-metre race. You did ask me about that race in particular. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little while. It's, <laughs> I've got a bit of an interest um, in that race. But that starts, you are only 100, 250 metres from the winning post, so when you draw wide there, you have to be, be make a quick decision to either go forward or go back. You can't sort of be in two minds and trying to just slot in because you probably will get caught wide. So there's a few starts you actually, um, inside can be an advantage to with the draw as well. With... The parks track for the punters, which and that's where we're all about finding people winners here. Mm. And of course, of course, uh, hopefully they're getting on a bet fair now that they're new partners of this uh, great show here. Uh, where with the rail in the true position, yep. you're saying just so we get this right, is that that's probably a little bit more to that leader on pace bias. On but pace if, bias. But if the rail yes. goes out, that's where some horses it evens them up, and horses can make a little bit yes, more ground. Yes, agree. Uh, and I would say that you have to keep an eye on the pattern for the day because. The first few races in particular this Saturday, I'd suggest we lead a bias. By the end of the day, of course, with a bit of wear and tear on the inside, you might get someone find some fresher ground out wide and can make ground from the back. 
But as a rule, when the rail's um, in the true position, it's definitely leader bias. So we could expect to see a lot of horses making um, some bolder moves early or doing some work early, especially in the early races, and then to work out whether or not they're getting run down by sort of race three, race four, and whether there is a bit of a pattern for horses maybe making a little bit of ground coming. I would agree with that, absolutely. With... uh, your preparation in regards to tracks like that, could you just uh, let the listeners know and even let me know because it's an education process for me. When would you um, when would you walk the track and or, or would you have people that would walk the track for you? How would yep. you go about that yeah. preparation? I always like to walk the track when I actually arrived on course, which is like an hour before the first race or so. Um, sometimes you might do it the day before if you if someone actually has, has asked you, you. Often you even get a trainer from who might be coming from interstate and actually ask you what you think of the track, um, whether they actually came or not. So you might have to do it the day before or something like that to would, really would, check just it a out. Quick, would yep. that be part of your riding fee? That you just go and do it, <laughs> or do you, do you send them an invoice on top for that or uh, not? That's all part of the, the advantage of booking. Really? So a trainer from interstate could yeah. be like, look, um, I'm deciding whether or not to bring my horse over. Yep. If I do, you're riding yeah, it, happy. but you've got to go walk the track. So you never had the tendency to say. Uh, you know, the track's fine, send your horse. Oh, I had a, I did have one story. Oh, God, this isn't supposed to be a back-in-my-day story. But, yeah, I have walked the track before, and it was going to be soft six, but I really wanted the horse to come, so I said it was going to be a bit better Oh, I love and... it. <laughs> <laughs> but they won, so, you know, I got, still got the coin. Exactly yeah. right. So you'd walk the track about an hour before. Would you walk the whole track? Uh, I'd certainly walk the straight. Uh, you wouldn't have time to walk the whole track probably before your first ride. Um, you certainly walk the straight because I think sometimes – uh, generally speaking, when you're over the trip, you probably want to be no worse than two or three off in the run. Um, but in the straight, you might want to angle out and actually come six, seven, eight wide. That's probably where it, it, you might be looking for fresh ground. That's where your advantage can be. Then going back in the rooms, um, do the jockeys then all talk amongst yeah. themselves and say, what did you think? What yep. did I think? And then is Sometimes there a, they do. Is there yeah. ducks and drakes a little bit? As in, oh, look, I reckon it's better going four wide in the straight than three wide and I knowing that you might have a favourite later. Sometimes you want to hold your cards a bit close to your chest. You don't want to tell everyone exactly what you're doing. Um, and it does look – but sometimes it does depend on your horse. I mean, your horse might actually like a wet track. So you might think, well, I'm happy to stick on the inside and run go through the heavier going because I know my horse can handle it. So, you know, you don't always want to give away your uh, your tips, though, to someone else. I, agree with I that. have got so many questions for you to pepper you over the next uh, few weeks of this show. But, uh, look, we're sort of ticking through it, having these conversations. I could talk all day. Now, you're in charge of organising our first guest um, for the show this week. Who have we got coming up? Well, I thought it would be a great opportunity to invite Kayla Crowther onto the show. This will be her first Metropolitan Race Meeting as a senior rider. Last Saturday, she rode her final winner as Apprentice, a claim the Apprentice. So now she will race on Saturday without a claim. So if anyone's doing the form, just keep that in mind. Oh, so mm. first one without the claim. And uh, and we've got her coming up after the break. Claire, um, hold the phone for a minute. We've got a break coming up. You're listening to the SA Betfair Edge. Thanks to Betfair, the home LA betting. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. This is the SA Betfair Edge with Claire Lindon and Miles Fitzner. Welcome back to the SA Betfair Edge with Claire Lindop and Miles Fitzner. Uh, thank you to Betfair, the home of lay betting. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Jeez, it's going to take some getting used to, that Claire, hearing the name in the stinger on the way in. The SA Betfair Edge, I like it. The SA Betfair Edge. Hi, now, Claire, you're in charge of getting a guest. And we mentioned just before we went to the uh, to the short break that we've got uh, one of the up-and-coming stars, if not a star at the moment here in the South Australian jockey yep. ranks. Uh, just outridden her claim and uh, is absolutely flying at the moment. Uh, we've got Kayla Crowther on the line. Kayla, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Good to Hello, be Kayla. Welcome to the show. Our first guest. Hi, Claire. Be... Thank you. What's more exciting, our first guest or outriding your claim? Oh, probably outriding my claim. <laughs> 
Hey, with that, without writing your claim, we're just going to get some uh, some audio in the can so Claire can hear Kayla. Sorry, um, huge achievement. Uh, did you celebrate? Um, probably celebrate how I normally always do. Just uh, we go out for dinner. Um, I didn't have races the next day, so I had a fat sleep in. Um, that was me celebrating. Well, well deserved. Well deserved. <laughs> It yeah, actually, um, transitioning from an apprentice jockey to a senior can actually be a bit of a crossroads for a leading apprentice. Um, but looking on Saturday, you've mm-hmm. got six rides. So um, we've got a plan of attack. Have you been thinking about how you're going to transition? And it's often tempting, I think, as a senior rider that you're going to, uh, you know, maybe have a sleep in of that kind of thing. Or are you going to keep getting um, going to work? <laughs> no, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, it's tempting, but... Uh, um, no, I'm not. I'm going to still ride. If I feel like I need a day off, obviously I'll allocate myself a day off um, because now I can kind of pick and choose. But I still want to go to Strathalbyn twice a week. Um, right. I still want to ride at Morfittville, you know, four days a week. Yes. Um, I want to keep it as it is because I get to ride for a lot of different people that way and I think that's probably the key to keeping the opportunities. Kayla, what are the, the major challenges? And Claire and I were talking off air. The major challenges of outriding that, is it just in, in instance you're not riding with a claim and so that you've, you've got to find more rides? Is Nick Pinkerton your manager, isn't he? Yeah, Nick. Yes, is, so um, is it you put the screws in the Nick a bit more or he pushes you a bit harder? How? Like, tell us and for the listeners, what's the? is that the biggest thing is just making sure you're still getting those rides and rides consistently? Um, Nick already tries ultra hard for me. I think... Yeah. Um, the only thing that's disappointing about losing your claim is obviously you're losing the rides on the top weights, which are the best-rated horses in the race. Um, so often people want to claim off them, which is totally fair enough. Um, yeah. I probably noticed it as I went from a three to a two to a one and a half. Yep. Um, but losing that, um, you know, like you've got to be worth putting on the top weight. And yeah. I'm also quite light, um, so I do have a lot of dead weight, which I think can turn people off a little bit. Yeah. Um, and in South Australia, we we seem to be really big on claimers. Like a, looking at Victoria, they put people on with 60, jockeys on with 60 kilos, like no problem. Whereas here, as soon as the horse gets 60 or, you know, 60 plus, it's straight away as a claimer. So it is probably taking those yeah. opportunities yeah. away. Um, but it doesn't mean that the other horses won't win. I've won lots of races with horses with less weight. So I'm just hoping... Yeah. I can keep up the quantity of rides in order to, you know, have the chance of riding more winners still. Yeah, that's great. But that means you can actually ride the minimum two or 54, which is, uh, we've just noticed here in South Australia, the weight yeah. minimum has been reduced back down to 54 kilos, whereas in Victoria and elsewhere, they've still got a minimum 56. So you can ride that lightweight, uh-huh. Kayla? Yeah, very easily. Yeah. I'm actually walking around lighter now than I did when I was, like, claiming three and I was... 18 yeah. I actually the older I'm getting the lighter I'm getting but you're more fitter instance, and stronger <laughs> yeah I yeah. hope that's leaner and leaner um, mm. yeah yeah I think it's um, a bit of an advantage though riding a 54 and riding that well I mean we do see some of the fields when there's uh, full fields when there's another race here we've had uh, you know five or six horses on the minimum sometimes you don't get enough riders to ride the minimum so I think that's an advantage that you can yeah. play to and it's a big strength to have going forward Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, taking my Wednesday winner, um, if you know, uh, Caitlin Jones trialed that horse and rides for Sue Yench, but she couldn't make the weight, which is probably the reason why I rode it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does lead to those 
good benefits of being light. Got to capitalise yeah. on those, absolutely. Hey, Caleb, season highlights. Um, a pertinent in the Lord Reams, would that be one of them? Yeah, definitely. Um, that's my biggest black type win. Um, yeah, she's a really nice horse, and it was it was a good win, and I got to ride her in the cup. So yeah, that was probably that's definitely my biggest win. What yeah. was riding Adelaide Cup for the first time like, Kayla? Is that my second time? Oh, sorry, um, my bad. My bad. The, <laughs> <laughs> the first Did you time leave those mistakes to me, <laughs> Claire? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it was really cool. Um, it's awesome to be in that sort of atmosphere. It's just different. It's special. Um, yeah, and she she ran a very right. She tried really hard, but um, probably didn't see out the trip. Um, she'll probably come back in the spring. Kayla, do you have a favourite track? Um, I've talked a lot about Murray Bridge um, before, and a lot of people have. Do you have a favourite track that you like riding on? Um, anywhere is it near Murray Bridge, Strath, somewhere where you just feel super confident, super comfortable? I do love Murray Bridge. The surface is obviously superior to any other track we have at the moment. The only thing is that you know, is you dread drawing one or two, and on a horse that gets back a little bit or is just behind the speed, because sometimes it can be so hard to get out. Um, just the way the track canvas, they don't seem to roll around and you see a lot of hard luck stories. Um, probably I love Morfittville, I've probably ridden the most winners there. I like that it races fair most of the time, so probably yeah. Morfittville is my favourite track. So that's the other um, track, isn't it? Because uh, I notice it's sometimes yeah, like to yeah. um, sweep from, uh, some of the horses you ride, especially for Slip Stokes team, sort of get back and come to the outside and sweep late, which you're yeah. very, very good at getting that timing right. Um, Saturday we, we're racing on the parks track though with a rail true and we're just speaking about the fact that it might be a little bit on pace um, this Saturday. Yeah. We've got six rides there. Um, is there anything there that you like in particular? Well, what would be your favourite ride um, Saturday? My favourite ride? I think Bert Whistle is my best. Oh, oh your beauty. <laughs> that was the right answer. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, she settles on the seat. She's drawn a bit better, so she's going to do a little bit less work than last time. Um what? I was gonna, all looks favourable. I was going to ask you about her um, uh, colour because it's my old man's horse, Bert yeah, Whistle. Yeah, listeners who don't know, Bert Whistle, so, uh, Miles have got a and, uh, and But what she did seem to jump and run a bit better, more on pace last time when Exalted Ambition nearly mowed her down. Um, and then yeah. what you meet Exalted Ambition a kilo and a half better. And I thought that gate five actually really would suit her. If she can jump, fly the gates and settle, um, it looks well suited, that race. Yeah, I think so. Um, it looks... It looks easier, you know, last time I drew out, I think I drew like barrier 11 or something, and I had to do so much work to get across. Yeah, three or four wide for a while, but you got her to settle beautifully. Yeah, she settled nice. Actually, her run before that, um, in the, it was a, it was a group three, or a listed race, and Oasis Girl won the race. Um, she actually box seated from barrier one. Um, she's very easy, like, if you just came out on a neutral, she'd just drop back to last very quickly. Like, you've got to really make her be there. And then she seems to travel quite nice where she is. Um, but, yeah, now that the last two runs, we've got her settling a bit closer to the pace. I'm pretty happy with her to settle, you know, similar outside leader would be preferable over the parks track again. Yep, um, the run the race that's where I'd like to be. Mm. Hey, yeah. um, a few more rides you've got. Is there anything else in interest that, um, you know, a little bit funny might be a little bit long and not quite in the hunt, but uh, yeah. <laughs> cryptocurrency, uh, Matty says, winner last start at Gawler, I think it was, $4.40 chance. Yeah, he, he seems to be coming along nicely. He won well last start. Did a little bit wrong hanging off the track. Um, it's not an overly strong race. Um, 
I think it's I actually think it's it's quite even. Like all the, all the top few chances, I reckon they're quite even in ability. Um, but I, I like him. He seems he seems to be probably more lightly raced than the others, so he's probably on the up, whereas the others are pretty exposed. Uh, you're riding flop in race one for Gordon Richards. Yeah, flop hasn't really found the form she did when she was going really well. There was a time, you know, where she she ran really well yep. at Flemington. Um, she probably hasn't really come back that horse this prep. Um, hopefully she can turn it around. Yep. She's probably been in, you know, a couple of harder races too. You're running, um, you're running Conconi yeah. in race five? Yeah, I've ridden her quite a lot um, last prep and she was always missing the kick and just making it too hard of a job to run home. But it seems like now with the barrier blanket on, she's jumping a bit quicker. Excellent. She's drawn one, so hopefully she can be a little bit closer. So with that on the – with that – with drawing inside, we were talking about Morphville Parks before. That drawing inside on the Parks track just means that you're still looking, like Claire was saying to our listeners earlier, that you are looking for that on on speed, on pace spot, and doing a little bit bit of work early, not to get cut off. Yeah, I think so. I think generally on the Parks track, you just want to be forward. It just seems to be too hard to swoop from the back. You lose too much ground. So, I definitely on the Parks track, you want to be on pace with you know nearly everything. Well said. And the last race, you probably got a chance in as well, Exalted Gold. Yeah. Uh, you know, settles on the speed. Um, it's been it's been run down in here a couple, like a couple of times in town. It won last start. I think she's she's a good chance again. Yeah. yeah. Well, looking forward to seeing you uh, on Saturday in action. Thank you. Hey, Kayla, thanks for joining us. And hopefully we'll, uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you uh, later on. But, yeah, what a season. 89 winners and, uh, and absolutely flying at the moment. But thanks for joining us on the SA Betfair Edge. Congratulations. Thank you, Claire. Thank you so much. Kayla Crowder there. She's, she speaks so well, but she's, she's done her homework, hasn't she? And you probably need to to outride your claim. Yeah, I think that she's got a – like I said, it can actually be a bit of crossroads when you come out of your time as an apprentice. Um, but she's got some – a strong stable behind her with Philip Stokes. She does the right thing. He'll, he'll keep putting her on and supporting her and uh, it'll be interesting to see how she goes from here. It's, uh, geez, I like the fact that she liked her best <laughs> ride of the day was Bert Whistle. My old man will be uh, listening and uh, he'll be pretty happy with that. But uh, we've got to get to a short break, Claire, and uh, after the break we'll come back and we might run through a little bit more of those Morphville races and maybe catch up with Michelle Green from TRSA. So you're listening to the SA Betfair Edge on Adelaide's newest home of sport, 1629 SENSA. Betfair, the home of lay betting. Gamble responsibly. Call 1800 858 858. This is the SA Betfair Edge with Claire Lindop and Miles Fitzner. A bit funky in the background of that uh, music on the sweeper, clearing it. Bit of a wacka wacka in the back. Welcome back to the SA Betfair Edge. Betfair, the home of lay betting. Call one eight hundred eight five eight eight five eight. And as always, as we always say, please gamble responsibly. Well, we're about to be joined on the line, Claire, by the marketing manager at Thoroughbred Racing SA, uh, Miss Michelle Green. Michelle, thanks for joining us. Hi guys, how are you both? Great, Michelle. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Thanks for having me. Michelle, COVID. We haven't really had much um, else to talk about for a while, and we're probably going to start with it. Can you just tell us a little bit about um, the impact and, and what sort of happened from a TRSA perspective with the crowds almost disappearing from the race clubs overnight? Yeah, sure. So up until only recently, we've only been able to have essential workers on track. So that's meant no spectators at any of the race meetings throughout South Australia and um, across Australia for, for that matter. So unfortunately, we haven't had um, any of the owners be able to join us on track. And 
you know, that really made for a different autumn carnival. We had a, an amazing autumn carnival, but the um, atmosphere just wasn't there at the track because we couldn't have um, owners and spectators at the track. From a TRSA perspective, how much work uh, and effort's gone into the, um, I suppose, the testing and regulation of the of the people that were allowed on track and, and the spreading out of employees and, and staff that were allowed to go on track to keeping racing going? Yeah, sure. Look, we were really fortunate because all of our participants and stakeholders really knew the importance of keeping racing going in our state. So everyone was really fast to act and really took TRSA directions, um, you know, in, in the manner that it was given. So we have been temperature testing any participant on course who's deemed essential. So only essential people can come to our race days. And we will continue to do that until we have the um, all clear for um, COVID in South Australia and the regulations are totally lifted. So I must applaud everyone in the racing industry. They've all done a fantastic job and everyone's done their part to ensure that we can continue to race. Well, we were looking like we were doing pretty well and, and probably, if not, even better than some of the other states. Um, I want to quickly talk on, on Nick Redden. Talk about uh, baptism of fire. Takes over from Jim and <laughs> being long-serving. Nick takes on the top job and then whack. Firstly, how's Nick going? Because he's probably gone a bit grey than when I saw him last time. And um, and I'll just comment a little bit on how he's probably handled it. I'm, I'm, he's done a hell of a job from what we can see. But, but just let us know an insight into how much sort of work and consultation he's had to have between government bodies and, and the racing industry. Oh, absolutely. Look, Nick has, um, as you said, had an absolute baptism of fire. And I must say, from an employee perspective, he's handled it amazingly. No doubt he's been putting in the, the hard yards and the, the long days, getting into work really early and, and leaving really late. He was an early adapter to the um, COVID restrictions and um, you know, making sure that everyone was keeping social distancing and adhering to hygiene rules and that type of thing. He's been in constant contact with the um, minister's office and the government. So he's been a real trailblazer in, in the space for us. And, um, you know, without him, I don't think the industry would have got quite as far as what it has. So we've been very fortunate. Yeah, that's well done. That's fantastic. It's such an essential uh, job. I'm glad it was seen as that because if people weren't able to work with the horses, um, it would have been not, not easy at all to handle. The, the, the exactly right, Claire. Yeah, the, yeah. the government... Um, like, Minister Wingard, I take it, would be in charge of that with the Minister for Sport. Like, they've been fully supportive the whole way through? Absolutely. I mean, the measures we put in place from the very beginning were quite comprehensive. Uh, we always knew that um, if we couldn't afford to lose racing in our state because it does employ so many people within our state and it is um, a great industry to be involved in. So we always knew that we had to really safeguard not only the participants that we see each day at the racetrack or most race meetings, but all of the um, peripheral employment that is as a result of our racing industry. So, you know, there was a lot on our shoulders to try and um, keep everything at bay and make sure that we could continue to race, which um, luckily so far to date we have been able to. Yeah, well, well done for that. Uh, and the exciting news is now that coming in from July the 1st, some restrictions are going to ease and we're going to start seeing members or owners being allowed to go to uh, the racetracks um, coming up. Would you want to just sort of run us through a little bit how that's looking? Yeah, exactly right, Claire. It's so exciting that we can finally start to have people back on our racetracks. And we saw it as of um, yesterday at Murray Bridge. So that was fantastic to have some kind of, you know, um, crowd participation back in. Whilst it's important that we do adhere to the directions of the state coordinator for the COVID safe plan, um, which essentially means that it's the two square metre rule now. 
and people must be seated if they're drinking. So as you can imagine, and Claire, you'd know this better than all of us, each racetrack is What's, what's that, being seated while drinking? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 yeah. not that at all. But in terms of um, the size of the um, function spaces within each race club, they're just so varied. So there's no hard and fast rule about how many people will be allowed back on course. It will just depend on the venue and how many people they can fit in that venue, depending on the um, two-metre square ruling. So, see, I'm um, excited to see that Port Augusta, which is Sunday the 5th of July, their Port Augusta Cup race meeting, it looks like they'll be able to have some patrons you there. Won, you won a Port Augusta Cup, didn't you, Claire? I did. It's a great meeting, so I'm really pleased for the town. <laughs> they will get behind it. And <laughs> thanks for having that in mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, I, don't remember, I don't remember too many, but I think you won a Port Augusta Cup. Yeah, it's a great race meeting. Hey, Michelle, so just to, yeah. to break it down, that when when yep. can we go to when can we go to Morfittville? Morfittville won't be until the 1st of August. So Morfittville has actually got a couple of private functions coming up, which they've already met their maximum um, numbers. So the 1st of August, which is the horse's birthday, will be the first time that we'll be able to get people back on track. And Grant and his team have been amazing at SAJC and they've been working really hard to try and ensure that they can get as many people back on track when they can. So look forward to the 1st of August. So with with coming back to the 1st of August, people can go to the racesa.com.au or they head to the SAJC and sort of it's obviously no balloting with tickets or any sort of anything like that. It's once that's on, it's on. Is that right? And that is let as many yeah, in as it yeah, works. Yeah, as far as, I've, as I know, um, we as the industry body, TRSA, will be sending out a weekly re- release, which we have been, advising people of the upcoming week, what racetracks, operating and um, how many people are allowed on track and how they can um, make their bookings. So because of the traceability um, mandates that are in place at the moment, most of the bookings still need to be pre-booked. So we get people's details and we're able to um, give information to the government should we need to. So it will be at the discretion of each club and pre-booking via their um, via their channels, but everything will be on the TRSA website if you need to know. Hey, Michelle, last one. We'll just for a couple more minutes. Um, in yeah. regards to uh, uh, in regards to horse numbers, it's one without notice. But have we seen any decline in race numbers or horse numbers? Because from what it looks like on the outside, we haven't really seen like smaller fields or, or smaller cards. It seems like you guys have been able to fill all the books at pretty well all the meetings, apart from a little bit of bad weather might have cost us a few races. Yeah, look, our team's been working really hard to make sure that we can maintain our, our industry here in South Australia and it doesn't seem to have impacted on our field sizes, which has been amazing. We've, of course, put in some restrictions in place with um, distancing and the like, but it doesn't seem to have made much of a much of a dent, which has been fantastic. So we've been very fortunate that we have had, um, you know, business continue on relatively um unharmed I suppose but it hasn't really been business as usual it's been business with caution. Michelle thanks for your time I'm sure we'll get uh, uh, you or some other people on from TRSA on the show as it progresses but appreciate your time today and well done on the, on the job that TRSA have done in, in keeping horse racing going in this state and uh, obviously keeping the horse numbers up and, uh, and people still watching it on the TV. Congratulations to you because you've done a hell of a job. Thanks, Claire and Miles, and congratulations to the two of you on the new show. I um, look forward to hearing it as it progresses over the weeks and months, so congratulations. Thank you very much. Thanks, Michelle. Michelle Green there, uh, Head of Marketing for TRSA and Superstar, speaks so well, and she's right across the whole lot, but they've done a hell of a job 
you know, to keep racing here in the state, it must have been poor Nick Redden. I like was, that. Business with caution. I like that. Yeah. This and unusual. They've rolled back in, but Nick, you know, takes over from Jim. Jim got out the right time, didn't he? Mm, had to bush bars to deal with as well. Hey, before uh, we've got a bit more time, um, one of the things I was going to touch with Michelle on or, or someone else from TRSA, but uh, is in regards to the weights. Now, they did do that with COVID, how they've lifted the mm. minimum weight. Yep. For the people out yep. there and maybe even me a little yes. bit, I'll put yep. my hand up. Mm. They've, so they've lifted the minimum by two kilos, but can you explain what that's done yeah. and why there's a bit of a rift in the industry? So it happened back in April. Um, I think it was around the fact of a bit of health risk because uh, jockeys weren't able to use saunas to lose a bit of weight. Uh, so with social distancing and a lot of gyms closing and things like that, the weights were raised um, to make sure that all jockeys were going to be getting to the races and being able to fulfill the obligations without being put under stress. So they, they raised the weights from minimum, which is 54, to 56. But, of course, it happened at the top end as well. So horses which may have had 60 kilos as a maximum top weight were now carrying 62. whole lot up two kilos. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, so, of course, um, in South Australia, um, there wasn't a lot of consultation, I'm led to believe. It's always very easy to say it after the bounce, but um, perhaps like, raising the weights coming into Autumn Carnival wasn't such a great thing for the local jockeys um, because what happens is a bit of an um, inconsistency because we have weight for age scales and handicap scales when it comes to the better races and the benchmarks. And what happens is um, there's a little bit of a handicap flaw because then you still have the races where um, – there's horses coming in below the minimum. So, for example, we're going to see it happen again. <clears throat> Pardon me, the Lightning Stakes in a couple of weeks are going to have a minimum race weight of 52. But if jockeys are used to riding 56, they have to lose four kilos to ride that, that minimum weight. So it becomes so, quite difficult to lose weight for the lighter weights. Right. So it makes it difficult to lose weight for the lighter weights. So who's at an advantage of all the weights lifting? Let's uncomplicate yeah. this. Who's at the advantage of the weights lifting and who's at the disadvantage? So the disadvantage would be... The lighter weights, when we go back to other races, they find it harder from a 54 jock to go to 52. But then who benefits from that? Uh, well, no one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just heard a great quote from David Taggart, actually, on the uh, the Odd Couple SEN um, show where he said, there's no interest like self-interest. So, of course, all the heavyweight... <laughs> Tags. He's good, isn't he? All the heavyweight jockeys want the weight scale to remain up and all the lightweight jockeys want to come down. And in South Australia, we've actually minimum the, we've brought the minimum back down to 54. Um, but in Victoria, they're still at 56, and there's some debate about whether weights should be go up or down yet there. Um, I can tell you that the minimum has already been raised to 54 um, from, you know, back back in the day it was 50-odd kilos as a minimum weight, and then it was 52, then went to 53, and then went to 54. I think you really have to draw in the line, line on the sand where you stop with that. Um, so what happens too is that the, the races become condensed. So you might have a top weight of 59 or 60 and a minimum of 54, but there's really only that sort of five or six kilo spread. And I don't think that actually, therefore, then gives you a true handicap field. The intention of a handicap field is to get most horses an even playing field, even start. And if you get a, too much of a condensed field, horses on 54, um, carrying 54, should actually be giving a horse that's higher up in the weights more weight, but they can't because they can't go down anymore. So then what happens when mm. then, is this where then apprentice jockeys would probably get rather than just getting the top weight rides because the weights have been yeah. lifted, they're actually getting bottom weight rides to drop it? Does that uh, work well, like that? Well, that that would be ideal. So a lot of people try and do that. If you are, if you do your ratings and you're looking at the weights, and, and this is um, probably how you want to interpret it, but they used to say a kilo can be a length advantage to a horse. So that's why you generally get um, a horse is in a, a highly rated horse in a lower benchmark race carries a lot of weight, but if you claim off it, it brings it back down into contention. So it might have say 60 kilos, but it's only going to carry 57 with a claim. 
But if you're racing against that horse, it should be at 60, it's carrying 54, you really should be six kilos off it, but if it reduced to three kilos, um, you don't have the advantage. So if you can claim back down off that, and that's why we're actually getting, I believe, a bit of a false um, advantage. Kayla mentioned it in a phone call that apprentices are very much in demand, especially when they claim a lot. And you're seeing apprentices lose their, their claim very, very quickly, um, as in the case of Lockie Nydorf. And I just wonder how much experience they really do get in their apprenticeship now when they come out of their time. If they're losing them so quick. Quickly. I actually wonder right. if that's a bit of an issue. When we see, uh, when the weights went up to 54, and I think you may have even seen a comment um, by Wayne Hawkes recently this week in the media People don't realise that we actually, as a jockey, get also get a kilo allowance for your safety equipment. So you actually weigh out a kilo above what the horse's advertised weight is. So also as a bit of a, um, you know, a, a horse holistically, we don't want the weights to start creeping up anymore. We've already got horses carrying over 60 kilos in distance races. Um, you know, I wouldn't like to see sort of the weight scale getting up anymore. To change your tune on that, the Victorian jockeys coming over. So there was yep. an advantage for lighter weight Victorian jockeys to come over to South Australia during the Autumn Carnival. Yeah, so Dean Holland. And, yeah, so, yep. and then they come over and essentially so detrimental to local jockeys. Yes. But back on the apprentices then, so we're about to see, aren't we about to see a new apprentice come in or in quarantine at the moment coming into yeah. South Australia? So I did mention too that we're, you do struggle um, in Adelaide. There's probably about 20, 25 riders um, professionally, uh, consistently all the time. Um, there's only about five Metropolitan Apprentices. Um, so I think it's been a great time. Jess Eaton has relocated here to South Australia. She's had to do quarantine to do that. Um, she's actually going to be ready to go or able to take rides from next Saturday, the so 4th she, of July. She a 3kg metro uh, claims claim? two in the, in the metro area. Two metro. Yeah. And then so she'll be two metro and what will that be? One and a half prov? Provincial, yeah. Yeah, and then does that change country? No. Does it go back half again? Uh, no. I should know that. No, she doesn't. No, her country is um, – uh, she wouldn't claim the country. She wouldn't claim the country anymore. No. All right. Well – um, well, we haven't even we haven't left a lot of time in the first show. Flying by. Just interesting to chat, Claire. Uh, we've got to head to uh, a short little layover, but uh, you're listening to the SA Betfair Edge. Thanks to Betfair, the home of lay betting. Call 1-800-858-858 and, as always, gamble responsibly. This is the SA Betfair Edge with Claire Lindon and Miles Fitzner. Welcome back to the SA Betfair Edge. Thanks to Betfair, the home of lay betting. Call 1-800-858-858. And as always, gamble responsibly. Claire, how are you finding the show so far? I've been really enjoying it. It's a, it's hard to put. We put the show together quickly, but it's going well, isn't it? I hope I'm not talking too fast. I tend to talk too fast. No, people can hear me. <laughs> too fast, high pitch, and we can go on all those jokes, can't we? Claire, we're going to look at Morfittville Parks just quickly and just briefly. Um, is there something that's jumped out on the... Page for you there uh, on Saturday? Yeah, well, I'm just trying to uh, look at horses that are on pace. As I said, been saying uh, I think it's going to be a bit of an on pace track. I like Irish Mint, race seven, number four. Um, uh, yeah, good. that's $8 there at yeah. the moment. And I thought that serious value Irish Mint at $8 in race seven. Yeah, with Caitlin Jones riding him again, uh, gets in not too bad into that race. And I think um, it's one, one here at this course and distance last time just quickly distance. yeah just quickly on caitlin so she's come back she's been flying yeah she's she's been spent a couple of years off uh she had a back issue um i think because caitlin quite is quite a tall rider as well she's had to do some um she had always trouble with her weight so she actually 
she actually went off and did a personal training certificate. So she's actually a qualified personal trainer as well, which I think is really good feather in a cap. She always kept up writing work for Richard Jolly. Um, now she's come back and I think she's got a whole new attitude towards her fitness, which I think is really holding her in good stead. So she's she, strong. I, I saw on her social media the other day, I think she treated herself with a BMW, I think I saw on her Instagram <laughs> or something in the driveway. Yeah. But I'll never forget a group of us, Adelaide Cup Day, she rode Bay Road. We had it multied in, about six or seven of us multied in. And uh, she rode Bay Road in the last on Adelaide Cup Day, and we won an absolute mozza. Yeah. Uh, absolute mozza. We're all set. Marry me, Caitlin. We're <laughs> yelling over the fence. So, yeah. But uh, good one there. You've got anything else that's uh, sort of tickling you know, your so, fancy? I'll probably say race eight, number one, Analytica. Uh, Travis Dowdle has taken over training from um, Patrick Payne from Victoria, come across here. It's first run in South Australia. It's back in distance, which is not always ideal, but it's had a bit of a freshen up. Um, it's drawn ideal barrier one from that 1300 meter start. It's going to get the run of the race behind the pace. Probably just Cappy probably leads. Um, it might be hard to run down just Cappy, um, but I think it's going to get the run of the race in behind it. With with that, do you know much about the Victorian or what the process of what the Victorian horses are having to do, mm. or is that something that we've got to get a guest on next week to talk about how these horses <laughs> we can have are? A guest on if you want. There was one without <laughs> notice. I sort of dropped you in it there. Uh, look, I know that they. Um, they generally speaking have to be sent over here and what was happening at the, when it was really close the borders you'd have to have a driver meet the truck at the border so a south australian driver would get in the truck the south the victorian driver would get out of the truck and go back to victoria and the south australian driver would take it over and and bring it into morfeville and m- most of these trainers that send horses from victoria generally have a stable where they stay at and they've already got that relationship going we saw paula trim with have a good couple of horses stay with her over the adelaide carnival um and she had a couple of big winners i've just forgotten well, Freeman had Freeman had a few yeah. horses come over too, and that sort of got flicked around everywhere. Yeah. But it, we'll have to get someone on, I think, next week or or the week after, explain, explain how us how it, it works. works. Hey, what do you think of uh, race nine, number two, Symphonetta Philip Stokes? As Dylan Kabosh goes on with a two kilo claim, mm-hmm. um, I reckon sort of that race is a few horses that sort of seem to plot along and plot around, but I reckon it's pretty well placed. It's a pretty open race in um, betting. I would suggest um, one of the bigger fields of the day, thousand meter scamper for the last race. Um, I'd suggest that um, if people do sort of go a bit hard in front because it's been on course, that might be the run race where you, um, something sweeping might actually get them. So that could be a good bet. Hey, uh, well, I'm going to go my best. I'm going to make race three, number two, the McAvoy McAvoy uh, trained runner in royalty. I think it's uh, perfectly suited. Baron Vorst has been in pretty good nick since he came back. Um, yep. And I think pretty well placed. I don't think you mind it. Off air either, and uh, with Bud Fox being scratched out of race six, I'm uh, I don't mind Birdie at uh, three dollars fifty or four dollars. The old Every, man won't like me doing that, but everyone's on Bert Whistle now. Kayla Crowther too, um, riding really well. Best rider that we should have asked yep. her. Apparently, there's some statistic about her. Um, I see JJ and Terry McAuliffe a fair bit saying that she's got a habit of riding or a knack of riding <laughs> horses in the last race of the day. Like. I'm sure she doesn't try harder, but it seems to be her strike rate in the last race of the day seems to be yeah. elevated. The last race is often a benchmark race, and she rides a lot of um, well-placed horses. I think Philip Stokes in the last race probably helps her. A She's got bit. exalted yeah. gold there at twelve dollars, so that might be uh, there for someone in the old get out of jail stakes. <laughs> hey Claire, we're going to have a lot more form, and we'll look at the races a lot more in depth. We've just got a couple more minutes before we finish. I want to ask you um, a quick thing, uh, just before we also will mention that next week we're going to have uh, Betfair on to run us through some odds and some offers that they've got for our listeners here on the SA Betfair Edge. Uh, the Melbourne Cup rides. Uh, do you have a favourite? Do you have one you hate? Your favourite? Well, Melbourne Cup changed my life. Two thousand and three, my first ride. That was the. That's it. Like it, it, you, changed my it life. literally changed your life. Yeah, in two thousand and three, to be part of the Melbourne Cup. I mean, what other race do you run down the track? I think I finished. You know, not last. Ran eighteenth. What race changes your life? And that one did for me. That year, I went on and rode 
111 winners for a season, which was the first time a female had ridden over 100 winners in a season. Boom. Um, I was actually a record at the time. It only just got broken by Jamie Carr two years ago. So that's how long that record stood for. Wow. Uh, and now, obviously, Linda Meach has also smashed that as well. But um, She's flying too. Jamie Carr's <laughs> gone well since she's gone to Melbourne. Absolutely. Really pleased to see that she's um, t- taken the next step because she did a try it earlier, go to Melbourne when she was an apprentice, but she wasn't ready at that time. She quite started quite young as an apprentice, Jamie Carr. So I think now she's had a little bit more growing up and uh, she's – Really found a feat and enjoying it in Victoria and uh, really pleased to see it, running some good winners. The next superstar on the scene here was obviously Raquel Clark and, and she's out injured at the moment, but we're going to try and get her on the show at some point. But talking to Raquel, absolutely like super jockey and like a super personality, just great to talk to. Uh, one more, favourite winner of all time. Like, mm-hmm. Listeners, we, I'm going to touch on this throughout the show when we get right through, but if, like, uh, it would have to be one of the... Like, that's, that's like asking what your favourite kid, child. have to be a group one. Well, no, it's, well, it's difficult because sometimes when you're riding the big races, it becomes a bit more of a relief. Um, but Rebel Raider in the South Southern Derby would have to be it. Rebel Raider, you heard it here first. Thank you, Claire. Thanks for the first show. You've been listening to the SA Betfair Edge here on SEN Track and SENSA Betfair, the home of lay betting. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858.